Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 401 of Longbox Heroes. Joe being joined by Todd. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That's good to hear, Todd. Todd, how do you know the seasons have changed and summer is almost here? Um, soft ice cream is being sold all over the place. No, no, that's that's been being sold in these parts at the very least since April. No, you could really tell because of the uh, pain and swelling in my knee and ankle have begun. Are you saying you're a little puffy? Oh. <laughs> I thought it was starting last night, and then I went to bed, and I'm like, no, my foot looks somewhat normal, but, you know, <laughs> normal for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It still looks like a monstrous, gnarled, hairy mass, but today <laughs> it just feels like my whole, like, from my knee down just hurts, and that's how I know the summer is here, Todd. It looks like an elephant foot umbrella stand? Yes. Gotcha. With a Joe sticking out of it. Just out of one. It's not even. It's not even. At least if, if I had a matching set, but it's just my left uh, foot, you know. Avert your eyes. He's a monster. Ugh. So uh, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about this week on the show. Crazy amount, I think. That's right. Um, a follow up on our talk last week uh, with the big comicsology announcement, uh, the creators and so on and so forth. The end of an era. Of a true unsung comic book legend. As well as one of the new guns on the block making a play in the ever-changing 1984 professional wrestling landscape that is comic book conventions. Oh boy. And what's going on with New York Comic Con, Todd? Yeah, I think it goes a little something like this. Who are these people? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, what conventions are going on this weekend, of course? Uh, digital sales and freebies, and we got the new freebies here. They released them a day early, so I'm not pulling my hair out as we're recording the show. Oh, no, I like when you pull your hair out. Mm-hmm. Unlike some people, I've got hair to spare, so I can pull out as much as I'd like. Hair to spare? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. You want to ask me about that later, you can. So, you know, All right, I'm writing down hair to spare. You do that. You do that as much as you want. Um, <laughs> what we uh, what we read this past week, which is Amazing Spider-Man number 800, Man of Steel number one, and Aquaman Jabberjaw number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, of course. And uh, sadly, no TV or movie talk. What? That's right. Uh, due to a uh, busy weekend traveling to beautiful Sayreville, New Jersey for the Tournament of Survival, uh, I was wiped over the weekend and I didn't get a chance to uh, watch anything. But we do have an announcement of the thing of all the uh, him and Han and like, oh, maybe we'll do this and maybe we'll do that. We actually have something to discuss that's coming out this week that we will discuss in the show next week. Wow. Right, so let's get into the news. Uh, The one thing I want to mention, uh, as I talked there about a true unsung legend in comic books, 
uh, Stuart Immonen, who was doing art most recently on Amazing Spider-Man, has done art on everything from Superman to X-Men to one of my favorite books, Next Wave. Um, he has announced that with issue 800 of Amazing Spider-Man coming out, he is retiring from comics. Right, but... I just heard him dial it back a little bit that he's going to pick and choose his projects as they go, I think. He's going to take some time off, and he's not completely done. Right. It did say in the announcement that this possibly may return for a small thing here or there, uh, but he's ready to move on to other challenges and opportunities. Right. Uh, (laughs) He's a great artist. He is one of my favorites. Like I said, completely unsung in the world of comic book artists. He's, I don't want to say a journeyman, because I think that's going to do a disservice to him. Right. But he's one of those, he is the character actor of comic book artists. He is very interesting, because I love his stuff, and then I'm trying to think, like, his next wave, what what was the book that he did, which one? Next Wave. Next Wave, is, is that the, the one, uh, I'm trying to remember if I'm getting confused on what he did. My favorite stuff he ever did was Secret Superman's Secret Identity. That is the most, like some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen. Um, if I'm trying to think of the Next Wave stuff, was the, who wrote that? That was, um, oh boy, and that's one of my favorites too, and I can't remember who wrote that. The I put you on the yeah. spot. But my, I remember. My mind isn't working, but like I remember seeing his art initially it, on Superman stuff in the mid to late 90s, and there was just something like, I, I, I hate to use the word soft, but there was something so, like, almost inviting about the way he drew. Would you say soft is something more, like, smooth? Yeah, smooth. Uh, Warren Ellis was the writer on Next Wave, and right, okay, his th- art was a little bit more angular, a little bit more right. harder edge. That was the one time that I wasn't a big fan of his artwork, mm-hmm. that style. But his Superman secret identity and other stuff is absolutely, like, amazing. Um, I think that's where he peaked, in my opinion. But anything that he did, you know, I'd gladly take a take a gander at. Because he's, he's not so much... He's like... What's the word I want? He's like the, the Chuck Dixon of art. Okay. Like, he's, he's never, like, you know, the, he's never, like, the, the greatest artist out there, but he's never let me down, and he's always, he was always doing something, if that makes any sense. And he's, he was constantly changing his style, he was constantly taking risks, mm-hmm. he would, you know, draw stuff one way for, like, two to three years, and then he's like, no, nah, I don't like doing it that way anymore, and I'm gonna go right. do something else, or I'm gonna change this part of my art style, I'm gonna add this to my art style, and... He was one of those guys that, as you mentioned, Todd, about Chuck Dixon, whenever I saw Stuart Eminem's name on a book as the artist, I knew I was not going to be let down. Right. I knew it wasn't going to be rushed art. I knew it wasn't going to be suspect art. Uh, I knew I'd be able to see all the characters' feet in the panels. Mm. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, like I said, definitely an unsung creator who probably never got his due. And I'm glad that he's slowing down. I'm glad that he's taking the time off. I will miss him. And I hope that he, uh, you know, when he picks that project, I hope uh, it gets the fanfare that it would deserve. Right. And you'll probably pick it up just to try. Right. I certainly will. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the other things, of course, just as a follow up from last week's show, we were talking about comiXology and a big announcement that they're going to make. 
we had speculated all these different things that it was going to be, and we were wrong. <laughs> um, what? They're pushing forward, of course, uh, this book called Savage Game, uh, created by an NFL player, Ryan Khalil. Are you aware of this person, Todd? I don't really, I don't know Ron Khalil. I know Khalil Mack, they play but it's for not the Carolina him. Carolina Panthers? No, then I don't know Ron Khalil. Ryan Khalil. Ryan Khalil, sorry. So he's doing a book. Um, they got uh, Richard Starkings to do his Elephant Man book exclusively through Comixology. Uh, he's got a new creator-owned book there that's going to be ask, called Ask for Mercy. And then they said that they're going to have future projects from people uh, as you know, as ranging from Tyler Crook, Sam Humphreys, uh, Kel McDonald, Tim Seeley, amongst many others. Mm-hmm. And if you have, it's one of those things like it's going to be on Comicsology, of course. If you have the Comicsology Unlimited, you don't have to pay anything extra for these new books. They're just automatically part of your Comicsology Unlimited subscription. The real thing I think about this is that Comicsology, which is currently an Amazon company, they said that many of these books are going to be done on a print-on-demand service. So if you want to enjoy these books and you're not a digital comics person, a majority of them are going to be available as print-on-demand. That's interesting. Right. And the uh, Comicology CEO, David Steinberg, just kind of got into things saying, um, you know, this. we're hoping that this is something that the entire industry can look at. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to experiment, try out some new things, find different artists or audiences that the direct market not be able to, to reach out to. And essentially just saying, like, this is a world where a book never goes out of print, where sales never need to be estimated, and readers can purchase and pre-order books literally with the click of a button. And I guess the deal with the Amazon Comixology print-on-demand thing is if you choose to do the print-on-demand thing... Like, obviously, it's like, okay, you've chosen for this, whatever the timetable is, which hasn't been established. In the meantime, here's the digital version if you want to read it while you're waiting for it to come in the mail. It's not a bad deal. So, uh, is this going to work? Who knows? Is there anything that could possibly be the future of comic books? This could be it. It's something that, as I think about, I haven't punched a hole in yet you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's interesting i wonder now on the print on demand does that mean i order one and they print it up especially for me or they figure out how many people want them then they print them up because then is it a first print a second print a 98th print well i think with it being print on demand there is no more multiple printings because it's you know, we're printing it as we make it, but I'm sure as that goes on, once they start working out the kinks of it, and let's, you know, let's just say it's that Elephant Man book. After three months or six months or a year, you know, they know, okay, well, we definitely are selling a hundred of these via print every month. Mm-hmm. So we're always going to print a hundred. If next month we need to print 150, we printed 150. Right. See, in what the I was initial thinking- run. But like, say... Two years from now, someone discovers this book, and they say, I want this book. So now they got to go and print one through whatever has come out in that two- or three-year time and send it to this person. I would assume the way that they're presenting this is that it's all still part of the 
original print run. Right, but I didn't know if they if that's the way that when they say print on demand, if they just need one, they'll just print one to send to somebody. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or if it's it has to be a certain number, you know what I mean? Like those are all the logistics that I want to know about. If that, and, you know what I mean? Right, and that's the thing that they haven't hashed out yet because that part is not available right. yet. But it is like this is what our future plan is. Um, I guess it's similar to like the Warner Archives thing. Yeah, like DVDs and stuff. Right, that they're doing that with that they're look. Amazon through Comixology with what they have as their originals are looking to do that going forward in the print as need be basis. Right. Sounds sounds like a good marketing plan to yes. me. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I'll be honest, I was hoping for a bigger, like a, a bigger name. Like they're really hanging their hat on that NFL guy coming in. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... If that's, you know, the chance... That, and again, they said that they're looking to take chances, of course. You know, this guy who plays for the Panthers is going to reach out to more than your typical comic book audience. Right. If he can wear if he can wear the shirt on the sideline, boy, during the game, as long as he doesn't kneel during the anthem, he should be good. Careful now. Right. So, obviously, you being a football man, you didn't know who this person was. But I don't think the Panthers are one of the 15 rivals of the Oakland Raiders, so... Well, the- let me just say something about the Oakland Raiders. Back in the day before the, the everything, all the teams were moved around into like the, 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 the areas that they were, the AFC North, the AFC West, there was teams in the AFC West. There was Seattle, Denver, Kansas City, the Oakland Raiders... I'm trying to remember who the uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they had to put in. They're like, "We're breaking you up. Who's your rival?" And the <laughs> Oakland Raiders said, "We we declined to pick any rival." And then everybody else in the AFC West chose the Oakland Raiders. So everybody is a rival of the Oakland Raiders. Yes, that's the that's the rule. But I don't know. Like you know, there's I forget how many people on a squad for each team. I don't know. Every team, and now that I looked him up, he was the highest paid center in the NFL, so I should have known him. But like I said, I don't follow every you know second of the the NFL. Right, but, but I find it interesting. Right, they can you know reach out to other branches of media or entertainment or other sports or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say it, you know, and we kind of discussed it a little bit on uh, After Dark this week. But let's say they reach out to a certain Talking Dead commentator. Right. And they say, we want you to be exclusive with us. Whatever stories you want to do, right? you're with us. And, like, that's going to be a draw. You know, it is. They can reach out to your bullet boys. And they're not my bullet boys. Well, they're everybody's bullet boys. But there was a certain, and, and, Listen, there was a certain person that you and I were talking about off mic who went, uh, Whatever circumstance happened with him this past weekend, I was inundated by people contacting me like, hey, what's going on with your boy? And I'm like, first of all, that's not my boy. Second of all, I don't know. (laughs) Right. But the thing with the the football player, Ryan, that I find interesting is because now all he has to do is mention it once during the pregame on Fox. Do you know what I mean? Like they do an interview with him or an aftergame interview with him, and he mentions it. You know how many people that's going to reach compared to like like what advertising for comics will get you? Yep. Like to me, the, the more I I roll it around in my brain, 
that's big if he can just get it, if he could dribs and drabs it like here and there during the NFL season. The eyes that he could get on a comic is ridiculous. It's going it, to, and as they mentioned in their little, you know, statement, they're taking some chances, they're taking some risks. And, you know, when you're not number one, sometimes you could do that. That's right. You know, you could take those bigger risks and maybe they'll have big payoffs or maybe they won't. You know, you won't be uh, any further back than you were. You know, Comixology is not the number one publisher. They're more of a distributor. They're looking to get into publishing their own stuff. And, you know, once the big two or big five, if you will, I mean, let's say big ten even, <laughs> down into there, uh, start ripping <laughs> off their model, then that's how you know it's successful. Right, and then you're on the ground floor, and maybe you're making that cashola. Right. And being part of the Amazon family, I think, doesn't hurt when it's giving you the option to take chances. That is true. Yes. Uh, so, another bit of sad news, I guess, uh, kind of pseudo-retirement, if you will. Uh, the world-famous Jeppe Museum in Baltimore uh, closed this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Was it uh, Stephen Jeppe, I guess? Uh, he had this museum with all these old comics, all this memorabilia, posters, pictures, uh, comic strips, all sorts of stuff uh, in this really super fancy museum. And they closed it up and he donated everything to the Library of Congress. Right. Did he donate or did he lend it? Because there's a big difference. Uh, let me see. Because I didn't, I, that off the top of my head when I read the article, I didn't see. Because if he, if he donated, that's one heck of a tax de, uh, deduction. Um, and I, and I, you know, I praise him for it. But I, it was in Baltimore and I think I, you know, like I said on Twitter, I always wanted to go and, you know, I kept putting it off and now I'll never get to see it. And that actually does make me sad because, you know, it was just the hours that they had for it wasn't very good because and that, right, and that was our whole thing is it was like prime time to be at the convention, right? Like literally, the convention let out at like six or seven o'clock, and the museum was open till like seven fifteen, and you're like, oh, like I have to give up a day at the comic convention to go to the museum. It was, it was just a bad, like, I, I felt that, that that weekend, especially just for the comic convention, they should have kept it open later and they would have made, they would, not that you were out to make a, a killing, but they would have got more visitors. And I think that would have been a great idea, but they never did it. So. It certainly looks like it's a donation. Well, then he's, he doesn't ever have to worry about paying taxes again. Um, a lot of it is, saying that it's going to begin going on display at the Library of Congress beginning this summer. Um, you know, blah, 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 a bunch of stuff. You know, all the stuff that the Library of Congress already had, and this adds to its already, you know, growing collection. It has Fonzie's jacket and the swamp from MASH. And what has more does it Bunker's need? chair, all this other oh, stuff. And then it right. says he'll also be considering other donations to Library of Congress in the future from his own personal collection. So that's the part, again, leading him to believe that it's a donation, not lending right. it to them. We should donate some stuff to the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. Maybe a pin and a t-shirt. Maybe my John Cena hat, my world famous John Cena hat. You know what? I could I could lend them. I could no. I could donate. I'm sorry. A black t-shirt with a pocket, a pair of blue jeans, and some Converse, boy. Woo. <laughs> it's just the mannequin. That would be fantastic. 
a Tadakin. So, last but not least in the news, more convention stuff. Apparently over the weekend, Todd, many, uh, just like we did ourselves, and this is, you know, no secret <laughs> or anything, uh, that whenever the convention circuit comes around in the Northeast, we always submit uh, ourselves as press mm-hmm. to see if we can get press passes to go to these shows. And sometimes in the past we have, but more times than not, we get rejected. And we do try for New York, and we typically get rejected. Right. Well, it turns out, Todd, people much bigger than us were getting rejected <laughs> as well. Now, do you mean in in stature or in size? Uh, I think stature. Okay, just checking. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of different creators. Uh, uh, Dev, uh, Deron Bennett, Jamal Eigel. Uh, tons and tons of people were being rejected. It was just, they were saying, nope, you're not approved for anything. Uh, they got turned down for pro badges. And this right. is like people like, this is the first time since the show started that I've ever been turned down. They claim that I didn't meet their criteria, but didn't list what that was. Right. So as more and more of this went on, uh, the event director of Read Pop. Uh, tweeted out uh, over the weekend, stating that they're trying to figure out what the glitch is, but we're working <laughs> on it. Many of you are getting rejections, and clearly shouldn't. More soon. Uh, as of the recording of this show, the issue has not been resolved yet. <laughs> right. And there were rumors that the people who were getting these pro passes... <laughs> We're like people doing licensing and lawyers and, and business people and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking to myself, like, now, was it a glitch? And ReadPop is saying, well, we're going to fix this because it's a glitch. Or was ReadPop like, oh, the blowback isn't pretty. Right. Let's just start handing out pro badges. Now, these aren't for people who tried to get art, who bought an artist alley table. These are for, like, creators who they would get pro badges and go and network at cons now my thinking is always follow the money who's going to bring money to the con is it going to be creators who aren't going to have a table so they're not selling prints selling commissions they're not doing anything they're just going to the dc booth now granted maybe they might do some sketching or signing at the dc booth or licensing blah blah blah. guys who are going to bring moolah to the sh- I think that's what it is. It's all about they want people who are going to make money change hands mm. at this thing. And that's what they were doing. But because the fans are like, it's, you know, the New York Comic Con and you kept, you kicked out Jamal Igle. Um, they're like, oh, just let's give, let's give some pro passes. It won't hurt. You know what I mean? And I think it, it, you're going to see some, some change. That's honestly the way I feel about it. So. It's my take anyway. Right. So. It looks as though uh, they did send out a tweet later on that same day that said, uh, they being New York Comic Con, saying, pros, you'll have updates in your inbox within the next half hour. Sorry for the frustration, embarrassment, and disappointment caused by this. We hope we can make it up to you in the future. Uh, Thank you for patience and understanding. Um, I haven't seen anyone say this is a lie. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that it's been taken care of, but I'm going to keep an eye on this one going forward. Me too. They didn't send out new press pass uh, emails, though. We know that for a fact. That's true. Mm. Uh, Now, the one little last bit of news I want to mention, 
and we'll tread lightly on this one because it's actual comic <laughs> news. Right. Uh, is that it was announced in a very big surprise that this September Wolverine is coming back to the Marvel Universe. Not Good. Man Logan, not uh, Laura X-23, actual James Logan Howlett is coming back. And he's not coming alone, Todd. He's got heat claws. Oh, in his contract? No, no. He's got a contract that he has to get some heat, heat or something, or right? He's got he's got heat with the boys, brother. Mm, it's a clause in his contract. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think this has been like the worst kept secret. I don't think we thought that Wolverine was gonna be dead forever. I'm just sad that they're not bringing him back as an inhuman. I blame the inhuman TV show being such a dismal failure for that <laughs> not happening. Right. Um, I'm not big on the, the heat clause, the idea. I don't know. Maybe it can work. Maybe the, the, the way they do it. But I, sometimes I, I, I was saying to you, you know, sometimes it's hard to, 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 you know, to, to do better than perfection. It's like when they tweaked, uh, the ultimate line. They're like, let's do ultimate fantastic four. You know who we can make better? Dr. Doom. Let's put hooves on him. <laughs> it's like, it behooves him to do this. I'm like, it just terrible. Stop. Like, there's some characters that do not need tweaking. Wolverine, to me, is one of them. Oh, boy. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, the, the last bit of business, uh, just real quick here, that I didn't want to forget, is... One of the new guns in the comic book conventions, Ace, Atomic Crush Events, who do Comic-Con Revolution, uh, starting in 2019, are branching out. Uh, they're only in about a year and a half of existence, but they're adding new shows in West Palm Beach, Florida, Ontario, California, and uh, Chicago next year. And uh, the guy who runs it, was one of the uh, founders of C2E2 way back in the day. So I just wanted to throw that out there. They do a bunch of, they do anime conventions. I was looking at their website. They do a food and drink festival as well. Mm, I like drinking and food. Right. They're primarily West Coast uh, currently, but it's uh, 2019 where they're branching out uh, doing the Florida and Chicago shows. Stay out of Baltimore. Stay, right, and that was the main reason. You leave Baltimore alone. You let listen. I pretend uh, that Baltimore is run by uh, a Bill Watts type or one of the old time promoters, Vern Gagne, someone like that, telling Vince and Crockett and all these other guys to take their their pie in the sky ideas and tell their story walking. Mm-hmm. Just leave Baltimore alone. I'm with Todd on this one. It's one of those rare times where we're walking in the same direction. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a bunch of con news that's coming up, comic book news. Let's get into conventions that are happening this weekend, of course. Uh, there's a bunch going on all over the United States. Uh, the Fairfax Comic Con has the featured guest of Rob Liefeld. Hmm. Uh, that's real, like, it's a lot of smaller shows, a lot of vendors and stuff, but it's one of these things where it's like one big guest. 
And that's a pretty big le- guest, especially uh, in the face of, uh, you know, Deadpool being so popular with his newfangled movie and all that stuff. But that's gonna He's going to have a line. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'll say this: If you are in the Fairfax area and you have nothing, and you're going to that convention, uh, you know we poked fun at him a little bit even on the show. Rob Liefeld's probably the nice, one of the nicest creators you'll ever meet in your entire life. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: I may not agree that he's a great artist, mm-hmm. but I've never seen somebody more welcoming to his fans. I will never say a bad word about Rob the Man. In my, as long as I live. The, uh, Mighty Con in New Orleans this weekend is gonna feature folks such as Jim Shooter, Mike Zeck, and James O'Barr, another person Todd had a recent, uh, encounter with. And did you see Momoa's out of the, the Crow movie now? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I saw a guy tweet the other day saying, we should take this as a sign and stop making Crow movies. I don't know. Give James O'Barr his check and, and make a Crow movie. Didn't they do a Crow TV show even? I think they did. I know they did like three Crow movies, maybe four. Yeah. And then they think they did a Crow TV show. I don't know. And one of them was good. Right. And I think they opened up a drinking establishment. That's right. It was a Crow bar. Mm. Nope. Nope. Uh Indie PopCon, I'm just moving on, in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, is going to have Nick Bradshaw, uh, Jim Steranko, who's an interesting character, uh, and Big Daddy Cool himself, Super Shredder, I don't know how Todd knows him these days, but Kevin Nash is going to be there. I know him as the guy who has four whole wrestling moves. Um, I think five. Right. He's not uh, the hair flip, but he doesn't have the long hair anymore. But Is Farouk going to be there, too? No. Well, Bradshaw's there. It's a different Bradshaw. Oh, okay. Uh, the Superman celebration is going on in Metropolis, Indiana. Okay. Uh, and again, you're going to get a lot of uh, Superman-type folks. Um, Art Baltazar, who lives out in the uh, you know Midwest area, is going to be there. Brandon Routh, uh, more so known these days as the Atom, <laughs> is going to be there. That's right. right. Uh, disguise, you know, his and his all his disguises on Legend of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Sippos is going to be there. The guy who invented the lighters? No. Uh, the guy who plays Adam Strange on Krypton. Oh, not 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 Zippos. I'm sorry. Right, okay. Sippos. Blake Riston, who plays Brainiac, is going to be there. Oh, cool. I like him in Krypton. Right, and I gotta give a shout-out. I think these folks in the Superman celebration are lucky that Krypton was good. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think these folks would be in demand at the Superman celebration if Krypton was bad. I don't know. I think they'll take anybody Superman-related. Wow. I I really do. That being said, Todd, (laughs) a man who is equally as famous for his turn in Superman 2 as he is for his turn as the legendary Emil Muzz... (laughs) Jack O'Halloran will be there as well. Road trip, Joe. We're getting our dragnets signed. Oh, if only this was like two weeks from now. I'm, you know, maybe. But this weekend, I don't know. I'll say this. If you were in the Midwest and you were going to the Superman (laughs) celebration, I need you to ask Jack O'Halloran for me how the thing in Dragnet with the the desk drawer worked when he was in the interrogation room. 
I still right. don't understand the physics of it, and I need so his, it, I need him to answer for me. You need the logistics, right? Uh, but I think the big one, I guess, uh, would be the San Francisco Comic Con in San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Conway, Adam Hughes, Scott Collins, Jim Starlin are going to be there on the comic book side. Uh, the gate, the great Kevin Conroy is going to be there, voice of Batman amongst many other things. And, uh, some guy named Matt Smith is going to be there. They're making a big deal about him being there and I have no idea why. He's a great man. Hmm, I'll take your word for it. So, the links to all of this stuff will be in the show notes, of course, as will the link to the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Uh, where all the shows in our little conglomeration of like-minded individuals who put up podcasts on a regular or not-so-regular basis all can be found there. Anytime the shows come up or anytime that they remind me that the shows come out, I will make sure to put it on there. Some of the folks I've even given the credentials to uh, <laughs> to put this, the shows up themselves. Uh, that's why you're seeing uh, <laughs> such shows as Podvocacy and Everlasting Minute. Uh, show up a little bit more quicker than they would in the past if it was relied to on me. And hey, you may even see some changes over at Longbox Heroes in the near future. I hear Todd might be doing some tooling <laughs> around at the back end of the site. So when it goes down and disappears, you know why. Right, when you look, go to longboxheroes.com and your computer just burns to the ground, <laughs> just give Todd a call and he'll be right over to figure it out. That's right. I could see me sinking our website into the, into the ocean like yep. Atlantis. <laughs> It'll be the greatest website at the bottom of the sea. Mm, yep, with SpongeBob. Yes. So, uh, like I said, links to all that and the shows will be over at longboxheroes.com and in the show notes of this episode. Uh, getting in some digital sales and freebies this week. Uh, some of the sales going on, like I said, I'm not going to mention that Transformers one, but I just did. It's going on until the end of July. IDW is having another sale going on. Buy one, get one free. It looks like it's their entire catalog, but you got to put a code in. Uh, to get stuff, so check some stuff out there. They have so many, so many books uh, to choose from. There, Titan is having a sale on their Doctor Who related stuff. Image is having a sale on their Top Cow imprint stuff. And then your Marvel and DC sales this week uh, to coincide with the release of the Scott Snyder Justice League book. They're having a digital sale on Justice League related stuff. My recommendations out of this would be the first trade of the Grant Morrison JLA. And anything Justice League International, just uh, search the sale for the name Keith Giffen, and you'll be good to go. And Todd, I would be remiss to mention, it would not be a DC sale without them having Batman Year One uh, in the sale. That is a book that they should just perennially have at that sale. Because it's on sale three out of every four weeks. <laughs> they take it off. You want you don't want to be that guy who buys it at full price. Right. Don't be the dumb dumb who buys it at full price. That um, one time because you weren't <laughs> the, watching or listening to us. Right. Now, just even looking through the, just kind of perusing through the sale here as well. Uh, some of the other interesting choices in here. Uh, underrated. They have the uh, first. They have the uh, trades of the John Ostrander Martian Manhunter run. Oh my god, I love that book. Yeah, they have the four trades, the the entire thing collected there. I don't know if you've ever heard me rave about that, but it is a good book. That's why I mention it. Uh, I'm a fan of that book as well. Another uh, unheralded book. Uh, definitely a book before its time. 
uh, book that doesn't get the credit that it deserves. And I apologize, it's the first two trades of it. But That's still a good taste. Yes. I think that's where they first mentioned Chacos, but I'm not sure. I think they changed it to Chacos mid-Giffen Dematis run. No, it was always Oreos in the in the Giffy's Dematis run. Mm. I think it came after. Okay. After. When you couldn't mention John Constantine looked like Sting. That's the era. The guy up in the rafters with the black and white face paint? He you looks mean, nothing uh, like that. Mr. Kabuki Man wrestling? <laughs> Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD? No. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. They only have the first... Well, I'll say this. It appears as though they only have the first trade of the Giffen Dematis Justice League stuff. Mm-hmm. But just like looking through the order of their trades, it's like, oh, here's the Martian Manhunter section. Here's trade number two. In order, here's trade number two of the Ostrander run. Here's trades one and two of some other run. And then here's trade one of the Ostrander run. Oh, so it's in a good finding the oh. order. Anyway. And then on the Marvel side of things, and uh, I have to say it in this way because, of course, the check cashed. Uh, <laughs> it is the Marvel Celebrated Stories run. And uh, I look through this, Todd. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a party hat on. You don't? I don't have a, I don't have a, a Horatio Hornblower here. Oh, <laughs> like they have uh, 1602, right? Right. And then they have like all the tie-ins to 1602. Well, Neil Gaiman wrote 1602, so everything connected to it has to be yeah, good. Right, right. Then they have the Eternals thing that Neil Gaiman wrote. It's a Neil Gaiman, so it has to be good. Mm-hmm. Then they have uh, that S.H.I.E.L.D. book by uh, Hickman that never got finished. It's going to get finished any day now and ties into Invincible Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Then they have something called Decimation Son of X or Son of M, maybe, that ties into House of M. Right, which is one of my favorite thing about Decimation is that to decimate something is to take away one-tenth of something. Mm-hmm. But in Decimation in Marvel, they took away 90% of the mutants. Mm. So, like, Peter David was always like, Decimation means take away 10%. You took away 90. This is backwards. Now they have the uh, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale uh, color collections. Mm. Spider-Man blue, Daredevil yellow, Hulk gray, and Captain America white. Right. And those are okay. Right. Now the only one thing that really pops out, and again this is a mileage may vary sort of thing as we mentioned before... Uh, is they have the uh, Warren Ellis Stewart Eminem Next Wave in there? Oh, okay. And I recommend that you can get the whole run of that for eight bucks, and it's to me it's totally worth it. It's a fun, quirky, self-contained story uh, with some characters that you may not have any attachment to. They do some stuff, fun stuff with uh, people like Machine Man and Boom Boom from X Force. Uh, but what I want to say with this Todd is uh, Marvel. Uh, their celebrated stories ain't so celebrated, in my opinion. Well, Joe, mileage may vary. Mileage may vary, but if, like, DC puts out a celebrated collection sale thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting Watchmen in there. And you ain't gonna argue that Watchmen's not a celebrated story. Right. They're gonna put, like, Dark Knight Returns in there. And they're gonna put Batman Year One, because it's a DC sale. They have to put Batman Year One in there. It's the law. 
Um, you know, you want to widen your net a little bit, you can throw Sandman in there. You want to widen your net a little bit more, you can throw Preacher in there. Um, you know, there's some Grant Morrison stuff. Again, your mileage may vary, but reading right off, even right off the rip there with, uh, Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns, and Watchmen, there ain't anything on this Marvel list that compares to any of those. Right. They're not even throwing in there, like, Frank Miller's Daredevil, right? Right, right. Like, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, like, there's Marvel stuff that they could have put in here. Marvels. Marvels, right. That's perfect. The the, the Kurt Busiek, Alex Ross deal. There you go. That's perfect. Right. Not That's in the like, sale. That should be right at the top. I mean, I don't know. Like, I could probably come up with a few more you know, special celebrated sales, but... This is why they need to hire us, mostly me, to do these sales for comics. Wow! You heard me. Wow! Let me be the curator of these things. You do a a Justice League sale and you don't put the entire run of Justice League International in there, I say fooey on you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, that's your problem. Not the whole run of Justice League International. Yeah, right, right after breakdowns, you can stop. You know what I mean. I was gonna say I just put the Teasdale imperative in there, and that's it. Oh, oh, oh! And you would make a great curator. Yes. That's all I'm gonna say. And there are people laughing right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. It's a Doctor Who reference. Don't be painting me with that brush. Oh, it's a horsehair brush. All right. So the new freebies, and I would say. That the freebies that Marvel is offering up this uh, <laughs> this time frame are, I would say, all top notch. Are uh, better than the celebrated stories. Okay, okay. I'm gonna say at least two of the four. Okay. So one of them is Silk, uh, by Robbie Thompson, which is you know the new Spider Woman. Is she related to Peter Parker? Is she not related to Peter Parker? Okay. She was the one that they thought was going to take off instead of Spider-Gwen. Yes. Uh, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, the recent run uh, written by Chip Zdarsky. Okay. Many people say that's better than the Amazing Spider-Man stuff that was going on at that time. Again, that one I'm going to give you a push. These next two, however, the first issue of Dan Slott's She-Hulk. Okay. Great stuff. Fantastic stuff. Kind of putting Jen into the burn era stuff with more of a modern twist, kind of like more fanciful, more breaking the fourth wall sort of stuff, kind of aware of what's going on, very self-referential of past storylines. Mm-hmm. Well, there ain't no argument on this one. The other freebie this week is the first issue of the Matt Fraction, David Aha, Hawkeye book. A literal modern-day classic... You could have put that in that collections thing, and no one would have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. So those are your freebies. Let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. Okay. And this Would is going like to be a Todd-heavy segment. Wow. There's nothing about Todd that isn't heavy. Um, so shall I start with Man of Steel, number one, the book I was looking forward to most? Yes. Because we both read that, I believe. Correct. Um, and basically, this is Brian Michael Bendis uh, starting his Superman run with art by Ivan Hayes, Rice, Reese, however you want to say his name. And it basically starts out with, I'm going to go with his name is Rogel Czar. 
but it could you pronounce it different ways, I guess. Who's the new villain that uh that uh Brian Michael Bendis has created and he's begging the uh I don't know who exactly they are. I forget where they're for. There's a guardian in there. It looks like there's some of the Greek or Norse gods, um, but like a pantheon of people that he's saying, please wipe out the Kryptonians. Um, they're going to eventually branch out into the universe and take things over, destroy it, or use up all the resources. They end up telling him no, and he says he's going to, you know, do take care of things into his own hands, cut to present day, um, and his Superman is watching over Metropolis, um, which in one of my favorite moments is him just describing how his hearing works and how he's looking over the city. And I think that's one of my favorite scenes in this book. And he hears that there's a fire going on. He goes and he saves some people and he ends up having a conversation with this uh, female fire person and I don't know if there's flirting going on or not. Uh, that's for the future to tell. But she kind of lets him know that maybe there's been an arsonist on the loose that people don't seem to care about. So he's like, well, I have a friend who works at the Daily Planet. Who his Spoiler alert, his, his uh, friend is Clark Kent, his alter ego. And he brings up to uh, Perry White that he's going to work on the story. Perry White's not a fan of it because it doesn't have the... You know, the, the gravitas of the story that he's looking for. And in the course of that, we get a flashback to um, what's going on with Lois and Clark because they appear to be separated as this book is is happening. Um, and we only get a little bit. We don't get much, but uh, I want to see where it goes. I really enjoyed this first issue of Brian, full issue of Brian Michael Bendis doing Superman. I think it laid out the feel that we're going to get. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next five issues of this weekly series. Um, I'm in on his run of Superman already. Uh, let's see where it goes. So I feel similar. Uh, I will call this new villain name I won't have to know six months from now. What? You don't know that. Hmm. Call it a this hunch. might. I, this I, might. I know they're really banking on this villain, and they have like, oh, here's these design pages and so forth, right? Right. So his stuff, I get where they're going with it. I get it's this bigger story, but to me, it feels like we've been here before with this. Everything we knew about Krypton was wrong, and then six to eighteen months later, no, no, they were wrong. Everything we knew about Krypton has been right all along. Right. But that doesn't mean we won't need to know Rogo Zarar. I'm okay with not knowing Rogo Zolar right now. But I will say this. The actual Superman stuff with him uh, fighting the fire and his interactions at the Daily Planet, his interaction with the firefighter, all that stuff was perfect. Mm -hmm. Give me a full book of that every week and I'm there. Right, or every month when they get to the monthlies. Or whatever. You know, that stuff was so good. Right. Now, the ending I didn't love, but I get what they're going for because the weekly storyline, you're not going to have to wait so long to find out what they're seeing that we don't see. It's a cliffhanger. And I get that, but it, it's a cliffhanger that we have no clue to. Right. Now, let me ask you an honest question. If that was a monthly book, it would have bothered you? I've seen I would have been like, I've seen that a million times in comics. It's not that it bothers me, 
But it just fe- it just felt like, oh, well, we got to end it here because we need to have the cliffhanger for next week's book. I okay. feel as though that there might even be like two panels that if this gets when this gets collected, that they could just take those two panels out and have it be a continuous story. I, I'm going to have to disagree with that. Okay. I think he knows what he's doing. I'm going to see what happens next week. You're you're alleging here into a microphone, you know this is being broadcast to the entire world, that Brian Michael Bendis knows how to write a comic book story? You're willing to – you don't want me to edit that part out? No, that's the branch I'm willing to go out on here. All right. Fair enough. That's right. That hill, I'm not willing to die on it. I'm willing to live on that hill. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's right. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so, the other book I read only was Amazing Spider-Man number 800. So, this is the end of Dan Slott's epic run on Amazing Spider-Man, and I felt as though this was a great conclusion. Uh, this fit perfectly into what the ongoing story of not only Dan Slott's run, but the continuation of keeping Green Goblin as the main villain in Peter Parker's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I do have to t- doff my cap, and I'm not saying that anyone uh, ripped anything off, but we actually had a mailbag question that we held off on from a few weeks ago. Just because the show gets so jam-packed, and subconsciously, I want to try to keep the shows, like, under two hours. <laughs> uh, but my friend James, longtime listener of the show, mentioned uh, that he had a suggestion to us, like, what would be, like, the story that we, like, can dream book? You know, uh, essentially, like, if comic books are wrestling, what's the storyline that you would book to happen that has never happened in comic books before. Like, anything is ridiculous. And the example that he gave, and this, like I said, he sent me this about three to four weeks ago, was that a situation comes up that's so dire that Peter Parker once again has to don the original Venom symbiote to take on this big giant challenge. Ooh, that's an interesting story. And then you get all these things of, like, the familiarity and Peter fighting against it, and then it starts to feel good again, and now Peter... That happens in this Mm storyline. And I do know for a fact that James isn't reading Amazing Spider-Man currently, so it's not like he was reading this and saw different clues that I didn't see, put the pieces together. It was just like, hey, here's this cool idea. And he and Dan Slott probably had that same idea, maybe like right around the same time, you know? Right. Um, Oh, go ahead. So so he had to put the, the, the symbiote on? Yes. And it's the Venom symbiote. It's the Eddie Brock Venom symbiote that he puts on. Hmm, I wonder if that has anything to like ties in anyway with the uh, with the, the Venom book, like you know, down the line. We we get that we do get the thing in the beginning that says the events of this take place before the current issue of Venom number one. Oh, okay, that because I didn't read it, so that's cool. Right. Um, so again, it's only like for a brief moment, of course, because. The You know, Peter is like, he has Norman on the ropes, and the Venom symbiote is like, yes, yes, kill. Peter's like, no, no, I can't. He almost does. Eddie Brock stops him, and he says, give this back. And then Peter essentially plays to... He, he, he finally figures out what Norman's weakness is as the Red Goblin. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, he does defeat Norman Osborn. We do get a death of a major character... 
but I don't feel as though this is going to be a permanent death because we got one more issue before uh, Nick Spencer takes over, and I think we're going to get a thing of like, oh, we all were led to believe that this character was was dead, but only this one character now knows that this person's alive. What? You're saying death in comics isn't per- permanent? No, but, like, this is the thing where, like, there's a funeral. Everybody's there. Everyone feels bad. You know? Oh, they yes, put, I've never seen that either. They put a casket in the ground. It's a whole thing. Uh, but I really liked it. Uh, you know, Dan Slott, even though big 800th issue, he's got one more issue to go, and then I'm looking forward to the Nick Spencer co- stuff coming out here next month. Right. Um, but, yeah, so you had one more book. Right. Uh, that unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read. I said that I would try to, and uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I saw how much the book cost, I didn't try as hard as I was gonna. What are you saying? A four ninety nine Jabberjaw Aquaman book isn't for you? It's for someone. I bought it. I don't care. I bought it. So basically, the book starts out with a young woman running in to swim in the ocean at night near. A, a clanging buoy. Hmm, where have I seen this before? But anyway, so she gets she gets pulled out to sea a little bit, and then she gets helped, and someone tells her that it's not safe out here, and you're like, what? And there's she even mentions that there's some music and it's cellos or some kind of humming, um, and then we cut to Aquaman. He's on the beach. And he's talking to a cop that there have been all these like attacks by sharks out in the water, and he's Aquaman has to to t- to look at it. And there are about a billion Jaws in jokes in these cu- first couple of pages. Like even when like you know maybe that they should stop the shark, there's a screeching like on a chalkboard, and you like you think you're gonna look over and see Quint from Jaws, and it's just a guy writing the specials on a chalkboard in the restaurant that they're eating. So I'm like, okay, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden Jabberjaw swims by in the air past the, the, the diner that they're eating. Aquaman goes to talk to him, finds out that he's Jabberjaw. And at this point we find out that Aquaman, to Jabberjaw, Aquaman is real. He's like, oh my God, because Jabberjaw is from the future. And Aquaman is a, I believe I have maybe a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, in the, in the future, like, like he was in the, in the sixties or whatever. And he like, le- he leads, you know, be kinder to the sea and the people that live in the sea. And they go out and they look to see what, where the sharks are coming from. They find a portal to Jabberjaw's future. And there they're fighting the ocean master from Jabberjaw's. I don't know if he was in the cartoon or not, but Aquaman's like, you're not the ocean master. I know the ocean master. And he has a plot because the like any sea creatures that can think and talk in the ocean are held down and and looked down upon, uh, and so the ocean master is trying to send like uh, sharks and stuff into the past to to destroy the ocean. People are going to try and kill all the fish in it so they they won't rise up later. And it's a fun it's it's a fun story. All the in jokes like I said with Jaws and Jabberjaw and Aquaman having a blast and then Aquaman is a cartoon in this alternate universe future cuz we find out that it's not our future, it's an alternate universe and everything. I really had a blast with this and I have to admit every time Jabberjaw talked, I heard Curly from the Three Stooges voice in my head. As well you should. As well I should. It all works out. Aquaman gets home. 
blah, blah, blah. Um, if, if you're a fan of Aquaman and or Jabberjaw, I, I recommend this. It is a hefty price at $4.99, but it has one of the most amazing covers I've ever seen in my entire life. If you get the one uh, variant is uh, Aquaman looking up at Jabberjaw look, hovering in the sky looking down on him. I love this cover. If this is a poster, I might buy it. And then there was a backup by Jeff Parker and Scott Collins um, of Captain Caveman. I do, love and the Scott, sto- I do love Scott Collins. Right. So it is a story about the Spectre and the Shazam wizard discussing that hero heroism is a modern concept and the 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 wizard's like no it's not it's it's been always around he's like no specter's like no it's not when you tried with black adam people are too self-centered and and all about preservation and surviving in the past until you know we become modern people we don't have that and he goes "I'll i'll make you a bet i'll take that caveman and i'll put him in modern times and i'll show you that he'll you know he he can be a hero and they're like, okay, because he was about to get killed by a dinosaur. So they're like, it won't mess with the time stream. And just, the wizard uses his powers to make it so the caveman can have rudimentary understanding of, you know, speech and stuff like that. So he talks like ca- Captain Caveman. And they put him in. Spoiler alert. The Spectre gets proven wrong and Captain Caveman becomes a hero by saving, like, saving people throughout this, you know, story. And has one of those, like you know, collages of him doing stuff like on a baking show and he's stopping uh, Nazis and fighting a giant octopus. It, it's a riot. It's legitimately a riot of Captain Caveman running around the modern day universe and finally beating up on Manhunter robots. Can't, can't beat that. So I love this comic. Yeah, it was just that hefty price tag uh, scared me off. Was the band, you didn't mention, was the band in this as well? Because didn't Jabberjaw play in a band? The Neptunes, yes. They were in it briefly. When they go into the future, they end up hooking up with them. But it's one of those that I really don't remember all the Neptunes. So when they go through them, you're kind of like, oh, okay. I don't even remember if they named all the the, uh, characters by heart. Uh, So I... I, I couldn't name them, but my favorite part of it is uh, that all the cities have some of them sunk into the sea or whatever. The names of the cities, I don't know if these were ever in the Jabberjaw cartoon, was there was Los Aquiles is one of the biggest cities, along with Soklahoma, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Swimmyapolis. Did you write this book, Todd? No, but I should have. And they end the Jabberjaw story with a giant word, Finn. And it's fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. I'm glad you enjoyed this book. Oh, Swimmyapolis. Soklahoma is my personal favorite. (laughs) Soklahoma is fantastic. Oh. So that's what we read from this past week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Uh, Todd and I att- do two different things. 
uh, every week, and that is one attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am currently in the lead with one correct guess over you, and the other one is the running dollar amount. Ugh. And uh, me being the crazy person that I am, when I go pick up my books, Todd, I'm going to do one transaction for my books, and then one separate transaction for my bags and backs. Bags and boards? Bags and backs. I don't want to muddy the issue. No, issues shouldn't be muddied. That's right. I remember there was this one time that they somebody brought a one-month-old to the shop and let them touch one of your giant hardcover books with their mud and cookie-covered fingers. Oh, <laughs> have you ever thought about sitting down with your kid and hitting him? Um, but just so you know... I think I did. What? You're, just so you know, your books were picked early this week. I know. Yourself. I saw the I saw the picture went out like way super early this week. I was befuddled. Well, not even that. I mean, your your pull list was pulled today because it's usually pulled tomorrow because the bassist who pulls your books is going to Nashville tomorrow morning. He needed a vacation. He really did. He, he did. He's going to play. Because the Country Music Awards are going on down there, and he's going to do like some sides with the side band he has to little bars down in Nashville. Is he going to Dollywood? Well, I won't see him. I wonder if he's going to Dollywood while he's down there. You should you should tweet him and ask him later. I will. Mm-hmm. So th- I just thought you'd like to know that. I did like to know that. That was great information to have. Mm-hmm. So looking at your list, Todd. Yes, yes. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Okay. And guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Man of Steel number two. It is not Man of Steel number two. All right. It is the Immortal Hulk number one. Oh, okay. Because I'm not... I, okay, I'm, this is the formula. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Hulk mark, but I think Al Ewing is taking over the Hulk book. That's correct. And I, I'm I'm hit or miss on Al Ewing, but I love the premise of the Hulk and Banner's coming back, and I love the cover on it. So I want to see what, what what I'm gonna you know how I'm gonna feel about this book going forward. You know what I mean? Like this is the test, and I want to see how it's gonna be. Gotcha. I'm looking over your list, and I just have one question: mm-hmm. Who is writing Deadpool? Uh, Scotty Young. Ooh, okay. Oh, this is a tough one. So I'm looking over your list, and do you get uh, f- uh, Fairyland? What is it? I hate Fairyland. I do. All right, I'm going to go Deadpool number one. You are wrong. Is it Doctor Strange number one? Wrong again. Is it? Is it another book that you're going to read? Is it it's, Ant-Man and the Wasp? It's Immortal Hulk number one. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, this is a book that I've been very much looking forward to coming out. As you mentioned, the premise of this book has me so sold. Uh, I'm a fan of Al Ewing, not a huge fan, as you mentioned. Uh, I definitely think, though, with the weird concepts, I think he does a much better job. When he did that Mighty Avengers run a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, that sadly... I think the problem with Al Ewing is he gets brought in to do stories that kind of get, I don't want to say taken away from him, but he's writing this Mighty Avengers book, and it's kind of like a super-powered version of Heroes for Hire sort of thing, right? 
Right. And then all of a sudden, original sin happens, and everything just kind of goes to pot. Mm -hmm. Then he takes the remnants of that team and continues the book, but they title it Ultimates 2. Which has nothing to do with the Ultimates book from the Ultimates universe. Right, so it's bad expectations right there. Then he does the miniseries of the redo of Contest of Champions. Which I understand was good, but just the concept of that is not doing anything for me in 2000, you know, teens. Then he did the U.S. Avengers, which ended up getting folded into that big four-month weekly Avengers <laughs> crossover thing. Right. So he had, and like, the the team was interesting, it's got like, uh, General Thunderbolt Ross is the Red Hulk is the leader of the team, and it's got like Squirrel Girl and Sunspot and like all these like weird oddball characters on it. And then it's just like, yeah, you don't get to finish your thing because we're folding it into some other bigger Avengers thing. Right. It's not a team book. It's not a redo of a story or a miniseries from the eighties. It's its own thing. There's nothing really doing with the Hulk right now. They kind of tied a little bow. On what's going on with the uh, the Cho Hulk in his book, kind of canceling that to replace it with this, moving Cho over to the Champions book. Fresh start with a familiar character and a very interesting old school horror take on it. I'm excited. Okay. Very long winded to get to the point. I have faith in Al Ewing just as much as you claim that Brian Michael Bendis is a good comic book writer. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. No, I listen, I like Brian Michael Bendis. I just thought it would be funny to kind of rib you a little bit there about uh, Brian. Oh, a gentle ribbing? Mm-hmm. Hypocrite. That's right. Hypocrite. That's right. So, uh, everything that we've ever done over at longboxheroes.com, whether it be past poll posts, past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. Everything that Todd and I have ever done, for the most part, on the internet exists, at least comic book related. My wrestling stuff is smattered all over the place. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch Move that. Move on. Moving on. Um, also, over at longboxheroes.com is our store, where you could buy shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. Uh, also, if you don't want a shirt, a sticker, or a pin, you'd always purchase something through our Amazon link across the top of the page. Uh, does not charge you anything extra, gives us a little bit of a kickback, makes both Todd and I, mostly Todd, feel good uh, about <laughs> themselves. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week were someone purchased Fire Pro Wrestling World for the PlayStation 4, which is a wrestling video game, Todd. Okay. Uh, someone also purchased, and I don't, I know, I'm gonna guess that this person purchased these three things, and then another person purchased these other two things. I wonder if they were the same person who purchased all five of these things. Uh, someone purchased and watched three episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. through Amazon Video or whatever it is. And someone also purchased and watched two episodes of Ren and Stimpy. Oh, I hope it was the uh, Stimpy Fan Club episode. I'm looking up right now to see what episodes it was. And the Rubber Nipple Salesman. 
Nope. Looking Don't it up right need now. any rubber nipples, but do you have any rubber walrus protectors? Call the police. Uh, they were... Todd, I know you're going to be surprised. It was Robin Howick and Nurse okay. Stimpy. Okay. All right. Uh, someone, who I also know who it was, and I do thank you very much, uh, purchased the digital versions of both Transformers Requiem of the Wreckers and the aforementioned uh, Aquaman Jabberjaw book. Ooh. Nyuck, 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 nyuck. Now, Todd, someone also purchased... Uh, the brand name is Besto Yard Fringe Shoulder Piece Rivet Tassel Chain Epaulette Shoulder Boards Bridge Uniform Accessories. I you said j- words. I don't know. I did. What did I say? Words. Oh, be careful now. Okay. But you know, um. If you were, like, in a marching band, you would wear, like, those uh, things on your shoulders that would have tassels coming down on them? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Shoulder pads. Okay. Imagine those, but with metal studs on them. And instead of strings hanging down, it's like little (laughs) chains. Oh, what a rush. (laughs) Now, they had the option to get them in gold or silver, and it appears as though they did that in silver. Oh, silver and black. Maybe they're Raiders fans. I doubt it. There are no Raiders fans around anymore. Darth Raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for clicking through our Amazon link. And any purchase, of course, brings a, a, a tear to this glass eye <laughs> and uh, warms the cockles of Todd's cold heart. It does. I have warm cockles right now. Yes. Uh, so last but not least, well, second to last but not least, before we close up the show, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we had one art attack from mega contributor Uranimos. Um, he said he bought a sketchbook from Chris Kachuda. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And he, so he loves horror art. So he had him do a Radu, Radu piece. I don't know Radu. who that is. Radu? Radu from the Full Moon Video Classic Series subspecies. Oh, see, I thought he misspelled Ragu. <laughs> And he was getting a jar of sauce drawn. But no, it's a very nice piece. I just, I don't know anything about Radu. So, very nice. You would know more about that than I would. So, if you tell me it looks like Radu, I will believe you. It does. It's a very nice piece. And uh, if you go check out uh, Chris Kachuta's Instagram, I don't think he's on Twitter, but I know he's on the Instagram. He's got a, (laughs) a lot of really cool art pieces that, uh... I recommend you checking out. Right. Is that the, the website where you go to get powder delivered to your house instantly? Yes. Okay. You get a gram instantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that's a, what a rush. Oh, and that, remi- and that reminds me of something that I was reminded about. Um, for any of the folks out there that listen to this show and also uh, li- watch any wrestling events that I do, Mm-hmm. very rarely do I plan any of the dumb things that I'm going to say on the show, uh, at the event, right? 
very rarely something will happen or someone will say something and it'll just trigger something in my mind, right? So you get triggered. I do get triggered to like say, oh, I'm going to say this dumb, ridiculous thing, <laughs> right? right? And there'll be times where people will come up to me. It's like, oh, man, that thing that you said at the show with the thing, I laughed so hard. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Because it used to be, it took, it used to take weeks for these shows to come out. Well, the show that I just did this past weekend, the Deathmatch Tournament, Tournament of Survival, the show was available to be watched like an hour after it happened. And as of the recording of this show, it's available on all formats, uh, downloads, mm-hmm. stream, DVD, Blu-ray, et cetera, et cetera. So people are getting the show that much quicker and they're contacting me about the dumb things that I say in commentary that much quicker. So they're much more fresher in my head when I say them. But not Parlancer? Not Parlancer. That, okay. that being said, uh, I do have to peel the curtain back just a little bit. There was one thing that I said on commentary that I, I did plan in advance. Okay. Okay. This may not mean anything to Todd, but to the wrestling fans out there, it will. One of the main uh, matches on the show, and we're going to wrap up the show here, but this is like the end of the show anyway, right? Uh, one of the main matches of the show was Joey Janela, who's a big hot thing on the indies right now, against a wrestler by the name of PCO, Pierre Carl Ouellette, uh, who is a wrestler who competed in the World Wrestling Federation back in the 90s as one half of the Quebecers. Uh, they took the Mountie song of I'm the Mountie, and uh, due to some issues with the Canadian government, changed it to We're Not the Mounties. <laughs> Uh, he did have an extended career, and for a later time in the mid-90s, he wrestled under the name of uh, Pierre-Carl Ouellette, the Wrestling Pirate. There's a time when in the World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, for the most part, everyone had a thing. There's the Wrestling Garbage Man, the Wrestling Hockey Player, the Wrestling Plumber, and the Wrestling Pirate. Well, uh, as the Wrestling Pirate, he was embroiled in a feud with Bret Hart. The feud was over him stealing Bret Hart's jacket. Now, for you fans out there who have ever seen any of Bret Hart's jackets, you know what they look like. On commentary, they would say that Bret Hart's mother made that jacket for him. So that's why it had such sentimental value to him. Thus, why a blood feud was started between he and a pirate who stole it from him. Mm-hmm. Joey Janela has a very recognizable jacket that he wears to the ring as part of his ensemble, as part of his uh, wrestling, you know, thing. And I said on commentary, and I had to smarten up the other folks that I was doing commentary with, that before the show, I was try- I was talking to PCO, and I was trying to convince him to steal Joey's jacket before the match, enticing him that his mother made it for him as well. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, again, a long way to go for that joke, and it was only to make me laugh, because I forget, Todd, I'm old. Right. And I remember things that happened in wrestling 23 years ago <laughs> like they happened yesterday. And then no. when I say this to my commentary partner, and he's just looking at me like, I have no idea what any of these words you're saying are, but I will, yes, I will yes and you on commentary, sir. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get that story out there because that's the, that is the only time that I could recall that I went into commentary with a pre-planned bit that I wanted to get in. You know what? I have to say, I feel my life is enriched just knowing that story. 
That's I all. I enriched someone's life with that story. Maybe not it, you. It was mine. Oh. It was mine. Without without a doubt, my life is more enriched right now. All right. Save, save some more stories for the shop later. Please do. <laughs> or maybe off mic. Who knows? Oh, yes. I got hair to spare. But uh, <laughs> what else we got? Well, I think that's it on this end of things. Now, we don't have any TV or movie stuff. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch anything about those stuck-up Riverdale punks this past week. Right. <laughs> but I was reminded by Todd and ads in comic books that the uh, Cloak and Dagger show starts this week. Right. And they're doing a two-hour movie event or some nonsense. Right. So I'm certain that we will be talking about that on the show next week. Right. Sounds like a plan. Right. So I think it's Thursday night on... Oh, boy. I don't know. It was Freeform. It's one of those... Remember like when Spike TV changed its name like 78 times like to the Man Channel and blah, blah, blah? Freeform was like ABC Family. Then it was Freeform. Before that, it was a couple other things. I don't know what it is now. I think it is Freeform. Okay. Formerly ABC Family, yes. Right, and it was other things before that. And... It claims that you could watch... Now, um, Cloak and Dagger doesn't debut until this Thursday, but it claims that you could watch stuff right through their website. Interesting. Um, I think it's one of those deals where, you know, you have to, like click on whoever your TV provider is and so on and so forth. It says, don't right. have a TV provider. Um, they are Which... on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have Hulu, it'll be on there. Okay. Yes. PlayStation Network, it's on. DirecTV, streaming or whatever. And then, uh, yeah. So uh, if you don't have Freeform in your area, there's lots of ways that you could watch it. So when we discuss cloak and dagger next week we'll be able to get into it here okay it sounds like a plan as well yes so i guess if there's nothing else todd i think that's everything joe all right so for todd this is joe closing out episode 401 of long box heroes saying we'll catch you all here next week remember be a faucet not a drain <laughs>